John Burden, Eric Moss here with you, and we are just going to jump right into it today. And Eric's trying to screw us over right off the bat, but that's okay. We'll manage somehow. I don't know the program. I thought I did. I clearly did not. We don't know what's happening, but we'll figure it out. Anyway, so uh, we are just going to talk about big news coming from yesterday, Uh, Dion Phaneuf Traded to the Sens in return for Jared Cowan, Colin Greening, Milan Mihalik, or Mihalik, because apparently there's no certain way to say it, uh, this Lindbergh kid, and a 2017 second-round pick. Going back the other ways, fun enough. You got Matt Fratton, Bailey, Ryan Rupert, and uh, another kid, Donahue. Mispronounced that one, probably. but Donahue, Donahue. Mm. It's all the same. There is no proper way of pronouncing it. No, so ba- basically, who, who do you think won this won this trade? It's it's real soon to say, but it, uh, right off the bat, who do you think won it? Uh, it's tough to say. Um, looking at it uh, right now, as in the present moment, I would say Ottawa. They're getting a number, I don't know if he's number two, but a number three, four defenseman who is going to be playing with Cody Ceci, who is 22 years old, and he's going to help him out. Like, there's no getting around that. And I'm sure that's a big reason of why they brought Phaneuf in. Yeah, I de- mean, yeah, definitely. You know, he's the best He's the best guy in the trade, if you look at everybody else. Yeah, of Guys course. going back to Toronto, Greeny and McCulloch, they're not the best. Call, or Cowan, you know what, he's been... Disappointment from what Ottawa wanted him to be at, um, before you know, you know when they drafted him and all, um, but yeah, I know uh, definitely Phaneuf's the best guy in the trade, top four guy. He'll definitely help out CC. CC there, uh, you know, I know he was playing, uh, practicing with uh, Carlson on the uh, practicing some power play time with him. He'll That's play tough some though. PK too, because then you're gonna have two right-handed shots on the power play. Phaneuf's lefty. No, I know, but to say that CC was practicing with Carlson. On oh, the sorry, Fenuff was practicing with Carlson. Oh, okay. sorry, Fenuff was practicing. You're with messing Carlson. me up already. Yeah, but that's okay. We forgive. Um, yeah. So, like I said, present Otto is going to probably win this trade. Um, can they make a late playoff push? I don't think so. A la last year in the Hamburglar just going on an absolute tear can they do it again adding some uh, adding a bigger presence to their blue line and um you know macarthur's back to top nine he'll probably play in the top six i'm assuming i could be wrong because that's how good ottawa is hey man he was a first liner on the leafs (laughs) yeah yeah you know leafs uh what what do you got your second line byron freeze your second line center or something like that now huh now you got Iron? Nick Spalling, Daniel Winnick, and Josh Levo as a second line. That's a. Oh, We're that's in the great, rebuild. That's a great top. The rebuild. Great top six. The rebuild is in full force <laughs> yeah, in clearly. the six. 
Yeah, I know, but uh, de definitely, you know, over the long haul, uh, this trade might, you know, this Lindbergh kid, he's, from the reports that I've seen, you know what, he's been, uh, he's a top prospect. He's going to be a pretty good player uh, one day. And you know what, you get that second round pick too. And with the Leafs, you know, with uh, Hunter and all their front office staff revamping all their scouting, uh, definitely that's that's going to look, that's that's going to help them out, you know, more, you get more chances. They got a ton of draft picks. What do they got? They got. Well, not only that, but the the Dion Phaneuf, he has contract is five more years for seven million dollars. Um, when he's thirty five, do you think he's going to be a seven million dollar player? Oh, no. I'm assuming. Well, no, I'm not assuming. I'm probably speaking on the behalf of everybody uh, who thinks that Dion Phaneuf is even a seven million dollar player right now. So in five years, do you really think he's going to get better between thirty and thirty-five? No, no, hundred percent. He's going to. You know what? He's not going to get any. He's not going to get better. Uh, absolutely, that's beyond question. Uh, you know, he might play. You know, playing less minutes. He, like he's still going to be a workhorse for this for the sense. He's still going to get his twenty twenty and change minutes. You think so? I, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. He's going to be playing top four with them. Uh, Carlson's not going to have to. Skate twenty eight minutes, twenty six minutes a night. Now he can probably drop off a bit because you get Fanuf, who I don't know how great of a puck moving defenseman he is, but you know he can move the puck. I guess <laughs> he's a he's a bit better than uh, Jerry Callen they had. Uh, so and you know what he he does step up, take take some minutes away from guys, and he's not going up against the first line competition that he w he was with when he was with the Leafs. Like Carlson's taking that Carlson and uh, Mathot. Yeah, he'll be in. He'll definitely be in that secondary role. He's not going to be on the first penalty killing unit. He's probably not going to be on the first power play unit. He he is a perfect defenseman for, you know, maybe 20 minutes, 18 to 20 minutes a night, even against the team's, a different team's second line. Mm -hmm. I think that's where he would flourish, and I think that's where you can expect to see him in Ottawa. Yeah, I know uh yeah, you know, it looks like he's playing first line power play. Carlson, Bobby Ryan, Turris, and Stone. Um, uh, PK, yeah, probably. Hey, you know what? I, I could see him playing uh, on first line PK, second defenseman there, or even the second unit PK, but he'll definitely get. He'll be getting, like, special teams minutes. He'll, yeah, he'll log in some minutes. And you know what? Over the finances of the trade, like, all the. For the Leafs, all the money is basically off their contracts after the end of next year. Um, yeah. You got count. Or, Cowan's contract, Greening and McCulloch, all their deals are done. Uh, what it it came to, their deals were about uh, nine point seven five. Yeah, I think that was about right. Yeah, uh, just under ten million per year for those two years. So you're they're saving a ton, even though they're picking up seven million. Um, especially with Ottawa being a budget team, you know, like with Eugene Melnick there, he doesn't want to spend to the cap. So, you know what? There for seven million dollars, like Fanofi's probably not worth seven million dollars, but. He's at least a guy who can skate on the ice and does contribute to the team. So that's, yeah. You know who the Leafs are saving their money for? Yeah, it's not going to be Stamkos. Number 91. It's not going to be Stamkos. I don't, I don't know why Stamkos would even go to leave Florida. Because like, he's going to captain the Toronto Maple Leafs and bring a cup home in uh, about six years. Would he wait that long? Oh yeah, six years. I, <laughs> definitely not. But no, like, I he's probably I don't know. He's probably not. Uh, where's he gonna concerned go? Concerned about the money, but no, of course not. But where's he gonna paid. go? 
Yeah. Se- seriously, I'd stay in. I'd stay in Florida. You get no. Uh, there's no uh, taxes, like no income tax. But is he really concerned about the tax? I, he's he's going to be making ten to eleven million dollars a year. Yeah, but he, cut fifty percent off. That. Of course, of course. With your tax. You're concerned about the tax, but I'm saying he is. I'm sure he's not concerned about whether or not he's going to be able to make a living once he retires from hockey. Oh no, hundred percent. But like, uh, I, I read a report a while back. Like, even if he took the, uh, if he took an eight and a half million dollar contract instead of a ten million dollar contract no um, in Florida, he, over the course of the deal, he earned an extra seven million dollars just because of taxes and how he didn't have to. You know, if his main residency is in Tampa, in Florida, he doesn't have to pay. Income tax, and you know what? That uh, you know what? Eight million dollars or seven million dollars over the course of a deal—that's nothing to laugh at. So. Yeah, but you would you would think that there are potentially some more problems there because if he loved it in Tampa, if Tampa loved him, I don't see why they, Tampa wouldn't love him though. But they, wouldn't they have a deal signed already? They said last uh, last summer that their priority was getting talks straightened out with Stamkos and signing Stamkos, and that was last summer. Yeah, and they're still. I think they had the from what I've heard, or from what I understand, they just had that one offer, the eight point five million, and obviously that's a joke offer because he's not going to take that. Yeah, no. So there's obviously something there that we probably will never know about. Thing is though, like I, I don't looking from the agent standpoint because I, I don't know if it's just like something that uh, as a player you want to get paid. You want to be the highest paid player in the league. There's definitely that ego that goes along with it. I'm not saying that he's egotistical, but you know, like being paid one of the highest guy, one be, being one of the highest paid guys in the league. That's definitely something that you'd think about, right? Stamkos is definitely top five, top six in the league in terms of actual skill. Mostly just a shot, but like you know, just setting up there with like Ov. Him and Ov just do the exact same thing. But no, definitely. There's I don't know if it's just like he wants to get paid more but well he's worth he, more he's worth more than 8.5 he is worth more than 8.5 but if you get paid 10 million or 11 million dollars in toronto you get you end up getting paid less just because of the stupid tax but like yeah you, you do course. end up getting paid less of course so, but you then you also have to even consider the endorsements i know that's not but he's still very, been doing fine down you know. in tampa like he's got his gatorade you see his gatorade commercial going around you got all that like you I don't know. It doesn't seem like he's been hurt by. No, of course not. He's it. not going to be hurt by making millions of dollars a year in Tampa, where he can walk golf. down the streets and no one's really going to recognize him. But, and that's not a slam on Tampa fans. That's just obviously that's just the the market. Yeah, the marketplace. No, but if you come to Toronto, um, Toronto. you know, it's yeah. There you go. It's Toronto. So you would get all the perks that come with. Being on the lease, but you also have to, you know, embrace the grind that comes with it too. Especially if he were to sign in the off season. Yeah. All the pain. I think that's what everyone's been saying lately. The pain that's going to be coming in the next few years, and I think that's pretty evident now about what's happening. I mean, you look at their lineup, and yeah. that is not an NHL team lineup. Oh no, it's it. They're full blown blow this thing up because it's like their top line is a third line on any other nhl team with grabner kadri and komarov komarov's kadri would be a second line center i okay, think okay he'd be a se- he, sure second third line center but everybody else on their team is ahl players or fourth line guys 
The way I look at it is if you compare it to... I, I always compare it to the best teams in the league. So where would Kadri be on Chicago or Washington? On Washington, he'd be a third-line center. On Ka- or Chicago, sorry, he'd be a third-line center, too. Like I know, and then you look at everyone else. Where would Komarov be? Komarov would probably be a fourth-liner. Um, other than that, I can't see anybody on the Leafs' current roster that would even crack like the forwards i mean yeah. that would crack the lineup of a first a top five team in the league say yeah i know like i always look at detroit just because uh i'm personally a detroit fan but like you know they just their organization's so deep with talent and they just keep pushing out guys but Kadri would seriously be the only guy that would fit in there and and that'd be on a wing roll he'd be taking thomas yurko's spot like you got zetterberg datsuk Applicator, tatar richard and larkin Larkin, by the way, he's been just phenomenal this yeah. year. Um, but then you go like Yurko, Andres Anthuasiu, I mispronounced that one, and Nyquist. And their fourth line is ridiculous. Like you have Helm, Luke Lindenning, and Riley Sheehan on a fourth line, which is just stupidly good. That's better than the Leafs' top line. <laughs> of course. Well, JVR is the exception right now. We're not talking about him since he's hurt. But oh, okay, no, yeah, yeah of course. Him. Well, uh, yeah, JVR would be a top six. He'd be six a top six guy anywhere, on most I'm teams. assuming. Yeah. Um, Depending on fit with the other guys on his line, but, but 100% yeah. he'd be top six guy. Well, you mentioned Dylan Larkin, and then that kind of brings us into the Calder Trophy. And where do you think he fits into that conversation? Do you think that he can win the Calder this year, or do you think it's going to be Panarin? Because I think that might be... Not the general consensus, but I think majority of people might lean towards Panarin winning, winning the Calder. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. But like the the thing I look at is like uh, it's odds are it's probably gonna be Panarin, but I feel like Larkin's had a better year than Panarin. Like you, if you look at the points, of course Panarin has uh, what fourteen more points than him, and about in a couple more games, but about the same amount of games. He's had a bunch. He's playing on a line with Patrick Kane. Like the two have just like Panarin's got. Uh, 18 goals, 34 assists. Well, Larkin's got 18 goals, 20 assists. Like, Larkin's been playing on a line with Zetterberg and Justin Avocator, who... That's no laughingstock either, of course. It's, yeah, no, it's a great line still, but, like, you know what? Larkin's leading the league in plus-minus. He's leading the Red Wings in goals and points. Panarin's almost filling in on that secondary role, just not leeching off of Kane, but he's... I was if like, he wasn't playing with Kane, would he really be that good? But if Larkin was playing with other guys on the Red Wings... I personally feel like he'd still be putting up putting up similar amount of points. That's what I was thinking about the other day, actually. I was thinking about you can't punish Panarin for playing on Chicago no. with Kane, obviously, because you can't just punish a player for, for being doing well yeah. with another team. Yeah. So, yeah, of course. Like, if you look at where Chicago is in the standings and you look at who he's playing with, obviously he's bound to do well, as I'm sure any of these rookies that came into the season – or came to this the league this past season yeah. would obviously do well. Yeah, like nobody's gonna play on a line with Patty Kane, and or some people probably would, but not really many people are gonna play on a line with line with Patty Kane and uh, not, not put up any points, right? But like, like I totally feel like uh, Panarin's gonna win the Calder Calder Trophy. It's I don't know. I feel like Larkin's gonna be better over his his career than uh, Panarin, and it's also 
Panarin's six years older than Larkin, too. That's another thing. Like, Yeah, he's not a young guy, eh? No, he's 24. He's 24, which I don't know if, like, a guy should be... It's not that he shouldn't be eligible for it, but, like, I don't know. I personally feel like... Yeah, you know what? Let's go with that. You know, I don't think he should be eligible for it. Even though it's his first year in the league, he's played pro hockey over in the KHL, over in Europe there, um, for a bunch of years, right? So I feel like guy to be eligible for the Calder Trophy, it's got to be your first year in the NHL. you got to be 20 years old by the start of the season. If you're older than that, I just feel like you're not really a rookie anymore, right? Like, rookies... You're experienced, but you're still it's still your first year in the NHL. Yeah. I don't think you can punish someone for playing in the KHL or just anywhere abroad just for, you know, for not coming over sooner. Exactly, but the whole thing about the rookie, like, mostly... The entire... Everybody he's, else he's going up against in this Calder Trophy, they're still, deve- like, they're still developing. Like, Panarin's still developing as well, but, like, Panarin's past his... He's he's past his actual physical development standpoint. Like Larkin's still gonna get, he's eighteen. He's still gonna get a bit bigger. Jack Eichel, who nobody's actually talking about for the Calder. You know what? He's just filled in, just done his thing down or over in Buffalo. You know what? But like, these guys are still maturing, right? Well, Panarin's totally past his maturation point, and you know what? he's still gonna get better, like skill wise and such. But like, just physically, he's he's past that point but it's a different game it's a different beast altogether the nhl so it does take developing it does take time to fit into your to any role in the nhl so i think i think it's fair i think i think they do have an age limit isn't it past like 28 or something that you you're not i don't know i don't even know if that's true i i so if they had an age limit on 28, I'd be like, why would you even put it at 28? Because that's probably well, a ridiculous Well, age. when did Tim Thomas break into the league? Tim Thomas was like 31 when he started playing, was yeah. he not? Uh, he was, he I don't was, think he was considered a rookie, though. I, I don't think so either. But, like, it is it is technically their first go-around at the NHL. But, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's you're, it's a mess. It's I don't know. I wouldn't consider it a like the person a rookie, right? That's I don't know. That's my that's it's my feeling a on it. Weird situation. Um, We're talking we, about rookies like McDavid. He's been he broke that. He broke his collarbone and everything. But like coming back from coming back from that, he was hot right off the hop. You know, Edmonton played really well. Their top two lines, Hall's line, McDavid's line. You know. Hall. But they're still Edmonton. They're still Edmonton, and you know the next three games they all get blown out like by like. I don't even know goals. how that's possible. I don't know. Oh, I know. I know it's. I know how it's, it's possible. Edmonton. It's that's their defense, possible. and it's Edmonton. Yeah. And like, Edmonton doesn't have defense, so they don't believe in it. it but yeah, they're. But the thing is though, with their defensemen, like, like they had, uh, like Justin Schultz. He was supposed when they signed him out of the NCAA. He was supposed to be like this guy. He was gonna yeah. fill in. You know, he's gonna be their number one guy. He was gonna really shore up their defense and yeah he's he's not <laughs> well no didn't anaheim sign him and then didn't uh i don't how did no, that uh, work? anaheim drafted him oh, yeah that's and then right, he that's right, that's declined right. he went to the ncaa didn't sign a contract with him pulled for a couple years off. yeah ba- basically he went to get his education instead and then uh Pfft, who does that yeah <laughs> yeah no so he goes to get his education and then and then became a free agent if he didn't sign after the three years. So that's what he did. And then uh, he had the pick of the lot. And he went with uh, <laughs> went with Edmonton. You know what? But, like, the thing was, though, that's... when he signed that, like, he was... 
he so was he, supposed he was, to be better than he is right now. Yeah, and he was going. He was going right in. He was getting 20, 20, 25 minutes a night. While if he had signed with Anaheim or something like that, he'd he'd start off in the NHL at about eighteen minutes and. No, I don't maybe know. even that much. Who knows? Yeah, like third, he'd probably be a third pairing. He, yeah, yeah, he'd be a third pairing guy, and you're going from playing top line, top minutes, and you don't want to really go down to a third line. So obviously, you're going to want to go to Edmonton. All the guys on the team, they're all about your age, and what the skill that they have is ridiculous offensively. Like he obviously didn't think that he'd be in this situation three years or what is it, three years, a couple years yeah. down the line. You wouldn't think that he's <laughs> like you wouldn't go in thinking that you're gonna Edmonton's still gonna be drafting number one in the next draft, oh, right? For so crying out loud! Like if, they, gonna, if they get another first overall pick this year, I'm have, going to lose it. They're gonna have a top six of just first overall picks. I do not understand anything about anything about Edmonton. Like that'd be ridiculous. Your top line could be Taylor Hall. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And no, okay, say okay. So Hopkins is hurt. Say he's not even there because right now their forward lines without Hopkins look decent. So just yeah. assume there's like there's throw Matthews in there. Exactly. Well, like okay, let's bring Nugent Hopkins back. You got Hall, Nugent Hopkins, and Matthews as your top line. And then you go Mick David and Yakupov. That's and five Eberle. first overall picks, and then Eberle was a twenty second overall, but you but know still, he played he's really still- well. But it just blows my you have mind. Five first overall picks in your top six, like that. It's probably they, not going to happen. The Leafs no. are probably going to get the first overall pick. They should. Just I'm sorry, but they, they should make a rule that you, if you're so bad that you really need, uh, like six first round picks, it's just it can't happen. Like just make a cutoff at like once you get four first round picks, there's clearly something wrong. And the draft picks are not helping you. Yeah, like I don't know what what's wrong with Edmonton. I don't know if it's their management or like well, I know no, they, they just hired their, Peter Shirelli, so yeah. I, it's not their management. It's their defense. It's, I mean, they can't play like, defense. No, if you that's watch the, them. It's just they don't know. Like, who's their best defenseman? Uh, Darnell Nurse. I wouldn't even know. I <laughs> no, would they say got Sakara or Sakara. How he's going by now? Uh, Mark Fain. Well, Clefbaum. Clefbaum's hurt, but they're so yeah. they're waiting on Clefbaum. But still, like they just picked up Adam Clendenning uh, from uh, Pittsburgh. Was it right? Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, no. Like the thing is, though, Darnell Nurse, he can he, he he'll play in a couple of years. He'll be good. Yeah, like he's he's got the he's got a big bot. Like he's he's slim, but like he's got he's he's a tall kid. He's gonna put on some weight. And you know he's got the speed, and he, offensively he's got talent. Just uh, he's got to shore up his. Is there any defensive. Canadian team that can make a playoff push? Uh, or seriously, is, or is it just going to be no Canadian teams in the playoffs this year? Like, I don't. I don't think that. I don't know how half the league's going to make it, and out of the seven Canadian teams, no Canadian teams make it. I don't yeah, know how that's, that's possible. That's just and like. I, I don't even know if Montreal getting Carey Price back would even help them out. They're heating up. They've won three in a row. Have they? They might be turning a corner. Well, they better because Max Pacioretty's on my fantasy team. Oh. And he's been killing me. He's been killing me all year. Montreal, but, do better because Moss needs you to do well for his fantasy team. Yeah, basically. Um, that's but all we care about. That's all I care about, really. <laughs> End of the day, how can they help me in fantasy yeah, hockey? Yeah, exactly. Um, but looking at their team, like... it. Like they have Dave, David Darnay as their second line center. Like that's he is a joke. not a second line center. It, like he's a third line guy. 
Montreal fans are riding in the streets because Galchenyuk is playing on the wing. Oh, like I don't know how you don't switch Galchenyuk over to center at some point. Like he's well, I think I don't know what's going. Like, I, I think it's how... Tyrion. I think he's just he's not putting him where Galchenyuk wants to play. Yeah, for like... whatever reason, I don't know if he thinks Darnay is better or better suited <laughs> for the center ice position. Who knows? Like I don't know. How... They lost all those games in the middle of the season. I don't know how at some point they didn't say okay. Galchenyuk, you're going to play center for Yeah, us. try something <laughs> new. Let's, let's go with this. But, like, Dale, the thing was, though, at the start of the season, Dale Weiss, like, he was, like like I mentioned before, I had him in fantasy hockey, too. Oh, <laughs> and he man. he carried my team for that the first bit of the year. It, it's not, actually. He was just scoring that many goals that he was worth a pickup. And he was, he was playing amazing for me. And that was the thing that, like, that was great. But, like, I don't know. Tarion gives, like, random guys, like, a lot more minutes and, like, responsibility than I think uh, than I think he should. Like, I was – I don't know how good Brian Flynn is in a shootout, but, like, I was watching the game of last week and he tosses Brian Flynn in a shootout. I'm like, you got Galchenyuk sitting there, Pacioretty sitting there, Gallagher, Placanic, Lars Eller. Like, P.K. Subban, I think, probably has better offensive moves than Brian Flynn. But he tosses Brian Flynn out there, like – I don't think he even. I don't think he scored either. But like, I'm sitting there like, why are you throwing a fourth line guy out there in the shootout? Like, no other team in the league, I think, does this. I think they were just so desperate, desperate to get something done. <laughs> like, just they were willing to look wherever. But uh, who we didn't talk about for the Calder was uh, Philadelphia defenseman Shane Godisburg. Go the ghost. Gostas be here. Godisburg. Like, say his name. <laughs> It's an enigma, but still, <laughs> he is absolutely lighting it up. Nine point nine games in a row with a point. Really? So, I think as of yesterday, uh, 28, 29 or twenty eight points in thirty four games. Yeah, no, he was. What is happening over there? Yeah, I, is this man not in contention for the Calder? You know what? I don't. I don't know if you'd uh, keep. I don't know. I just feel like. I don't know. I wouldn't. Wow, he has put up a lot of points. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, he is. Pretty yeah, good, I know. I I'm looking at it. Yeah, he's put up. That's like quite a few games. Two, four, six, nine, eight, nine, yeah, nine in a row. That's a lot. Not and well, that's Mostly, looking past the postponed game. Yeah, but still, Since, like nine points in a row. In almost about a month. Or nine games in a he's row. He's basically got a point every game for a month. So. And you're not going to consider him for the Calder. I mean, especially I get it because Panarin's been playing all season and. Yeah, like he, he, did, but he came up like he missed the first twenty games or something like that, right? Like well, yeah, they up. cut they cut him out of camp because they said he wasn't good enough in camp. Well, and then, <sighs> but what happened? So like, I this is just crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but like, I when was the last time a defenseman won a last year? Won a Aaron oh, yeah. Ek, Aaron <laughs> Although I was looking at He's, I was looking at um. I also when, got him on my fantasy team. Oh wow! <laughs> I was looking at years where defensemen won consecutively and i could not find anything where defensemen won the caller back to back yeah no like it's because it's easier to judge like a forward basically for all these trophies like just because points are such an easy category to look at right like you look at Panarin or panarin and uh he's got 52 and 56 as of a couple days ago so like that's easy to look at like oh yeah he's point per game guy you know what we're easy enough to give him the Give him the trophy, right? But Gossis be here. What does he have? Gossis, he, the ghost. He's 
he's almost at a point per game pace too. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just and he's a defenseman. So yeah, try and figure that one out. I think that's obviously tougher to do as a defenseman, being at almost nearly a point per game pace. Well, don't ask Eric Carlson that. He's over a point per game. Oh, that's man. ridiculous. He's got like fifty nine and fifty eight. Now with Phaneuf like that. there, he's gonna take all those points. Yeah, I highly doubt Phaneuf's gonna take any of those Phaneuf. points. That slapper from the point. Yeah, see, Carlson's gonna pick up the assist on every one of those. Oh yeah, you better believe it. <laughs> all four of those. <laughs> oh man. But Dion. Yeah, no, I don't know. I wouldn't consider Gostas be here for the for the trophy. Like he's probably gonna get some like. Can he at least get nominated? Can he at least get nominated? What the top three? Like who's okay? So it's just assume usually top three that get nominated. Yeah, so Panarin, so assume Panarin will win it. Panarin, Larkin, who's in? It's it gonna be Eichel. Can McDavid squeeze in there within these last few games? See, there's if, a, if Edmonton makes a playoff push, I McDavid has to be in that conversation because he would be the reason why. Edmonton is making a push. Yeah, no, he he'd be in the con- like he'd be in the conversation, but like, see, after his first two games back, looking at he, it was ridiculous that goalie had in his first game back. Just he's just absolutely ridiculous that he, yeah, like that's the only words I can come up with. But then the three games after that, they just get completely blown out, and I think that just put them. Everybody was like, oh yeah, it's Edmonton. They're not going to make a playoff push because everybody was talking about how Edmonton's going to be making this huge playoff push. Like McDavid's gonna shore up the, their top six again. Kane, or sorry, Kane uh, Hall doesn't have to go up against the other team's top pairing all the time. And I and like they were actually line matching with the other team's top defense that first game. Like they were they were letting McDavid McDavid go up against that top line. And as soon as that defenseman was tired, they and their top D pairing went off. They would throw Hall out there, and they were double doubling them up, doubling yeah. them up like that and. They were really taking advantage of that right off the hop, but then the next game, or sorry, a couple games later, everything hit the fan again. I I just think that, like we were talking about, that kind of speaks about where their defense is at. Your forwards are the dynamic duo right now of those two of those lines. Yep. Uh, You should, obviously, you can only, a team can only put their first D pairing out against either McDavid or Hall. Exactly. Pick your poison because the other one's going to, you know, they're going to tear you apart. Exactly. But, yeah, their defense is just... Like, the thing is, though, they they got some real good offensive guys like Brandon Davidson, Darnell Nurse. They're pretty good offensively. And you got Gribe, who's good defensively. Or he's more or less just like a fighter. But, sure, he's good defensively. Mark Fain, decent defensively. Sakara's a good two-way guy. None of these guys would be... None of them are... In the positions where they are now on no, a separate team. No, 100%. Like... Darnell Nurse is probably in the AHL on most teams. Like, you know, it's just getting the experience down there. Um, Davidson, AHL. Eric Greib was a scratch most games. Adam Clendenning, seventh guy. Sakara's probably fifth or sixth defense, fourth or fifth defenseman. I think he was playing top four in Carolina. I oh, could Carolina. Be I oh, could that's be a great team you know right what? there, too. Yeah, don't like Carolina actually does have pretty good defensemen. Well, now they do. Now they do. Other than Ron Hainsley, I I didn't know he was still playing in the NHL. Ron Hainsley. I can't stand Ron Hainsley. 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 Ever since the lockout, because I just remember being such an advocate for the NHLPA, and it drove me bonkers. I feel like he was the cause of why the lockout was going on so long. Because he was always he was always on camera, and he was always talking about, oh, well, we want this and this and this. And of course, you have to speak for the players, but 
and he was just the face of it. Yeah. So I just, I'm gonna hold that against him until he's done. Like I, how old is this guy? Like I, he's in his thirties. Okay, because I was gonna say because like he, I, I, he's a, I thought he was older than my dad. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like Ron Ainsley, the 56 year yeah. old NHL <laughs> player. Yeah. Pulling, uh, pulling a Yager over here. Yeah. So, but then you got like guys with like jo- Justin Falk. You know, he's he's actually he's ridiculous. Um, then you got Noah Hannafin. He's gonna be good. John Michael Lyles. He didn't play anything on the Leafs. Now he's playing top four minutes up there or down there in Carolina. Uh, you got Michael Jordan. Hopefully, I pronounced that right. Oh, it's Michael Jordan. All it's right. Michael Jordan. Yeah. So the Michael Jordan. Yeah, he's playing. But like, yeah, no, like they got a, you know, it's a decent. They got a decent defense defense there, compared to uh, compared to other teams. And you know what? That's like down the middle. They got like Eric Stahl, Jordan Stahl, Victor Rask. Um, they got Jay McClement down there on the fourth line. Good faceoff guy. Um, but you know what? They got they got a decent centers actually. Well, you mentioned Eric so. Stahl. Will he even be there next year? Uh, He's a pending UFA. Um, and is Carolina gonna sign him? What like? I don't. Uh, it's clear that they're maybe quote unquote retooling, and can he be a part of that? I mean, right now he's making eight point two five. It's fair to assume that he's not gonna be making that much. He'll probably go down, maybe six and a half to seven, maybe. Although the thing is though, like if he, he's. I, I read a report that he he made it vocal that he does want to stay in Carolina, and why not? Like, but everybody says entire, that. He, yeah, of course. Stamco says he wants to stay in Tampa. Bufflin wants to stay in Winnipeg, and of course, sometimes it happens, and then sometimes it doesn't. I think it's just uh, almost like a PR move. Obviously, if these media people are going to approach you and say, oh, do you want to stay in Winnipeg? Yeah, You're not going to yeah. go, oh, hell no, <laughs> I'm not going to stay in Winnipeg. I don't want to get out of here. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I know, absolutely. But, like, I don't know. Like, Eric Stahl's never been a free agent in his life, has he? No, because I think he just he just resigned with Carolina yeah. when his uh, entry was up. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Like, personally, me, I, you know what, you've played that long in the league. Like, you kind of want to test out what free agency's like, right? Like, because you could get paid big, although you wouldn't be playing with your brother like he is now, which doesn't really have an effect on most he people. He got that but, experience. I'm sure he's he's over it now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But like, but then you also take the reality of, hey, you know what? Carolina might value at value you at like $7 million or something like that. But like any other team in the league, there might not be another team that actually would be like, yeah, you know what? We'll give Eric Stahl $7 million. Like yeah, some I don't team think so. might. I think he would be but, in the six. Yeah. Like, and you know what? You're facing that that might actually happen. Like it could happen, right? So, I don't know. I personally, I I go free agency though. Like I'd, he's thirty one. Even if Carolina said, "Hey, we'll give you seven name your price to seven, yeah. Even if they just said name your price, he he's probably going to sign a contract. I'm assuming to a team where he'll end his career. Do you really want to make that Carolina? Because I don't think Carolina is going to be winning the Stanley Cup, say he signed a five-year deal. Yeah. I don't think Caroline is going to be winning the Cup in five years. And I think, obviously, he's a good enough player to make an impact on make an impact on a, a different team. So, right now, I think it's more about what it's going to be, whether or not he wants to win, or whether he just wants to get paid. Yeah, like, 
and the thing is though, like he, he was 31, right? So like, is his family all? He, he probably has a family at this point. Um, but like, are they all like located down there in Carolina? Like, it's kind of tough uprooting your whole family. Nor nobody ever nobody ever really looks at that when they look at free agency. It's just like, oh, where can can you make the most money? I do the same thing. But with a younger guy, it's a lot easier to you know switch where you're living. Like, yeah, when you're single bachelor exactly at 22 you can just get up and move to wherever you want it's not going to really matter exactly but like and then when you have an, an older guy like a veteran like a 30 year old guy he's probably got some young kids wife who's hopefully got a job and she's not like <laughs> just <laughs> you know not, nothing just, wrong with we're that, not gonna but like, say it nothing but wrong you know. with that but like she probably has a job too and like you gotta uproot everybody because even though you te- you're making more money than most like you're making a good chunk of change there um it's kind of hard mo- uprooting the whole family right and you know what looking at their roster right now or like their lineup uh they got their team's not that bad like they have like Christopher Stieg I don't think he's that great a decent two-way forward Eric Stahl Elias Lindholm um Joachim Nordstrom Jordan Stahl Andre Nestrasil they got Jeff Skinner on the third line with Victor Rask, and I don't know who Phil Giuseppe is, or D. Giuseppe. Um, but that's a pretty good line there, actually, with Skinner and Rask. And then you got Riley Nash there on the fourth line, too, with Gary B. and McClement. So looking at the roster, like, they got they got some good, like, third-line third, third line scorers or second-line players. Like, they don't have that top, that top uh, like, Stamkos kind of guy. Like, Eric Stahl's clearly not that, or Jordan Stahl's not no, that. No, not anymore. Stahl was once he was once yeah top there. guy but at this point he's not anymore but yeah. like defensively they got Justin Falk who he's their number one he's clearly their number one guy and he on most teams in the NHL he'd be like a one two he'd be your top pairing guy so clearly they got that who's their goalie they got Eddie Lack and Cam Ward they got a good one two punch there like I think Cam Ward's guys. a UFA too aren't they both I'm not too sure I think Cam Ward is for sure but uh, I'm not sure about Lack. We'll have to find I don't know. That they, out. I, I don't know. But all I know is Vancouver has no goalies. And <laughs> Vancouver, like Ryan Miller. I I just find it funny how Roberto Luongo and um, Schneider Schneider were both All Star goalies facing off against each other, while Vancouver's sitting there with Ryan Miller, who's clearly not been Ryan Miller since he left Buffalo. No. Well, yeah. Like, well, he's been moving around quite a bit. Yeah, he, Buffalo to what? St. Louis, and then did he make another stop there before going to Vancouver? I, I don't think. No, he, did. he uh, stopped in St. Louis after the after for the Buffalo. remainder of that year. Yeah, um, but for that playoff the thing push, is, though, that like, wasn't a playoff push. Yeah, exactly. But like the thing with like goalies, some of them like flourish in like a situation where they just get lit up. Like Ryan Miller was getting lit up for like 35, 40 shots a game, and you know what? You're involved the entire time and. As a goalie like that, it can't like it's probably not great like getting lit up like that all the time. Like it's got to be tiring. But you, you mean know. with shots? Yeah. Or with goals? Well, obviously, well, you mean with shots? You know, like it, just the thing was though, shots? his goals against average wasn't in save percentage. They were pretty good. Like they were actually really good numbers. Just then he goes to Vancouver or like St. Louis. First off, when he stopped in St. Louis, they St. Louis does not give up as many shots as Buffalo and. His goals against average was still the same, and it actually I think it actually increased a bit there. Um, so clearly, it's he's gotten used to being just lit up over his career, and 
I don't know. I personally, I I feel like uh, he, you know, he. I don't know. He just, he's just not as good as he once was. And that's no. I think he. Yeah. He, of course, he's on the steady decline of yeah. his his NHL career. Oh, um, a guy on the upswing. Um, you got Jonathan Drew. Or we were talking about like Tampa before. Um, and it reminded me of Jonathan Drewen, who you know the guy was a the guy's still like starting his career up, right? Like he's twenty years old. Uh, he's drafted third third overall in the 2013 draft, right? Um, so the kid's still got his entire career ahead of him. And like you were saying with, like, Tampa, like, do they want to sign Stamkos? Like, they they wanted to keep Drew N. Like, why wouldn't you want to keep a 20-year-old kid with tons of upside? But he just, you know what, I, like, it kind of sucked, like, with uh, his development. Like, he had to play over in the QMJHL again the year after he uh, – after he was drafted, because he, he wasn't ready for the NHL, like, physically. Um, so he played there again, and he just tore it up. Like, he, like just dominated again, 100-plus point season there. And then he goes to Tampa, and he's playing on a th- third or fourth line role, because he's, cl- he's still not ready to play up in your top six, but he's too good to be sent back down to junior. So he's playing third-line minutes, and he's upset with that. Like, the kid hasn't played anything but first-line minutes in his entire life. So, like... And when was the last time he was on the second line, right? Like, clearly he hasn't been on a second line role ever. (laughs) So, I don't know. I just feel like it kind of sucks for him that and Tampa that it's not working out. But, like, do you think there's any, like, suitors for him? Like, people that would want to trade or could trade for him? Because everybody obviously wants a guy like him. Everybody wants a guy like him. The only thing that I'm concerned about with Drew in right now is that people are going to see what he's doing in Tampa that you know they sent him down he's not going to report to the AHL and what's he doing now right now he is sitting at home doing whatever who knows if he's working out who knows if he's skating who knows if he's keeping in shape I'm pretty sure he would be but yeah you would hope so but obviously we don't know that um I mean obviously his attitude seems like it's kind of a problem so and he's only 20 years old. I mean, come on. Who who at the age of 20 has the right to demand trades? I mean, you have not proven yourself as an NHL player. Obviously, I think it's safe to assume that he is an NHL-type caliber player. And yeah. he can make an impact a couple years down the road. But right now, I think his attitude is getting him in trouble. I mean, why, why would teams who maybe are playoff contenders right now look at that and say, yeah, we want that in our locker room right now? Although the thing is, though, like, for his future team, it's kind of helping him out. Like, he's driving down his draft stock, or sorry, draft stock, um, his trade value. Um, so, as a, like, if you're the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, say, I don't know, just example, they want to trade for him, like, they don't have to give up as much to get him. <laughs> well, you would so, think so, but I think it's not up to Drew N what he's doing. It's no. it's going to be Iserman. And I think Iserman, and I think all the other GMs in the league can see what Drew N can bring. So I don't think Eisenman will be like, yeah, he's uh he's sitting at home, so maybe his trade value will be a little bit lower. Eisenman's not going to care about that. He's still going to demand what he's going to demand, and yeah. it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a high pick, maybe even a couple high picks and some good prospects. Yeah, but like, yeah. If he trades Jonathan Drew he's going to want Jonathan Drew back. Or a guy like him. Or at least like, because the thing is though, Tampa, they, they have so many young guys that are just like, about to reach like 
through free agency, right? Like you have uh, Nikita Kucherov. Like their team's just loaded with young talent. Like them, their rebuild that they had was just ridiculous. Like their top, it was so fast. Exactly. Like they, their top guys are like their line Palat, Vladislav Namestkov, Nemestikov, Nemestikov, yeah, uh, Stamkos, and you got Killhorn, Killhorn, Johnson, Kucherov, like. Ryan Callahan's playing on your third line. He's way overpaid for that, but like he's a basically what is he making like five and a half million to be a grinder? And that's that's really all he is. I don't I don't see how they're he's getting paid that much. That was a ridiculous contract that New York signed him to. But uh, well, I did uh, did Tampa renew it? No, is his contract was did Tampa have to renew his contract? No, I thought it was. Uh, no, I could have swore it was. Uh, the Rangers that did his contract. I just don't know. Lightning signed Callahan to a six-year deal. Yep. So, uh, so Lightning I'm signed right. him. Yes, you are. I'm clearly a hockey genius because I know everything. Yeah, about Ryan but like, Callahan. But like their their team is just like loaded with talent, and it's it's going to cost them a lot to re-sign these guys. And I don't know if you with uh, this like with that trade, I don't know if you'd be looking at like a team with like a top pick in the draft and trying to get that pick off him like a top five pick and as well as like another guy that can another prospect like a good prospect who's you know like a type b prospect like not your not your mckinnon or like that high level guy but like you know what a solid guy who's gonna end up being like a second line guy that's i think that's probably be what they're looking for as well as like a defenseman because who doesn't want a defenseman everybody but, wants a defenseman exactly um Okay, so uh, yeah, we will see. We will, uh, you know, keep an eye on the trade bait board, see what else is going around, going on around the league, and uh, we will keep you posted. And we will be back to discuss further what's going on, any other developments, and anything that we have been talking about. So um, we're just gonna wrap it up here. And um, so we will catch you guys later. Peace.